Welcome to Reputation Town. Welcome to another episode of the Reputation Town podcast. This is Warren Weeks, and I'm joined by my co-host, John Paranak. John, how's it going? Good. Good. I haven't been slapped yet <laughs> this week, so that's good. Canceled. <laughs> this could be the episode. We'll see how it goes. So <clears throat> it happened four days ago, and we were trading uh, texts back and forth. You know, Do we talk about it? Do we not? Um, it seems like it, it's just been so overdone and everybody's come out like OJ had a take, you know, like when OJ's, <laughs> when OJ's lecturing you on, on restraint, that's probably, you know, we've, we're probably at the end of the road and it's a very polarizing issue, a lot of different elements to it. So, um, but the show is called Reputation Town. And so um, I, I think that hopefully there are some elements we can talk about that are that have maybe not been chatted about or we can look at some different ways. But uh, if for nothing else, just to have this on the public record, because this is, I would suggest, going to be the defining moment of, of Will Smith's career and to a lesser extent, maybe Chris Rock's. We'll see. So uh, before we, we jump in, did you did you see it live? Were you doing something else? Did you how did you find out about it first? No, I was at a hockey game, and I the first time I saw it was somebody posting the video feed from Japan. I think it was, yeah, which had all the expletives um, broadcast over the air, and then that got me to look, actually look back and say, "What the heck just happened?" So, did, were, you, were you watching it? I I was watching the Oscars, and it was you know to the Oscars, it was fairly boring. <clears throat> you know, choreographed this and that, the, 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 the cheesy corny little uh, uh, writing that they have as they're introducing things. It's kind of this stilted thing. And so um, my girlfriend and I had actually turned it off for a bit. <laughs> we were playing Tetris. I found that more exciting than the Oscars. And then for whatever reason, I don't know, we just turned, turned uh, the Xbox off, turned the Oscars back on. And like five minutes later it happened. And um, first instinct was this, this has to be like a bit, this has to be, like staged and it was when they cut the sound that was clue number one like they don't if it's a bit they wouldn't have cut the sound it would have been prepared and will smith's face just the uh, his face was shaking and just this rage and then i saw like you did i saw the japanese version that had the expletives i'm like oh my god this is this is real and so and then of course you know here we are four days later and nine million people have had their kind of hot takes on it so from a uh, from a reputation standpoint, and I guess one of the positive things that we're chatting about it now is that most people have chimed in at this point. Will Smith had his uh, written apology, which we can talk about. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith had some some post. She, you know, I'm here for the healing or something like that. The Academy has had a couple of statements, and uh, Chris Rock addressed it briefly in a comedy show. He didn't really talk about it, but he just briefly kind of glanced over it. So. Everybody's had a chance to to chat about it a little bit. Um, any w- are there any angles of this, any facets of this story that you think merit uh, discussion in a, in a in a forum like this? Like again, the show is called Reputation Town. So what are you what are you thinking about this four days later? And again, it's ridiculous. Like right, there's there's war going on. There's a pandemic still raging, but uh, this is the the flavor of the day. So what are your what are your thoughts right now? So I guess to, to to put it most relevant to the 
to us and the people may, may listen to this. The thing I, I'm zeroing in on now a few days afterwards is the preparedness of the organization, the American, uh, whatever the heck. Academy of yada yada. Blah, 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 blah. blah. picture. How prepared were they for the, this kind of outlier situation happening from a, a crisis communication standpoint? And it seems like not very well prepared. Like on the face of it as an outsider, you think, oh, gee, how, like how, what are the odds of someone you know, storming the stage and assaulting one of your presenters or, or hosts, you know, how, how could you foresee that? But when you think about an event like this, like it has a, has a, a history of well, one of the Oscars does, but other events like this have a history of hosts being provocative and, you know, making jokes at the expense of people who are there and everyone typically takes it in good nature. And like, I can remember Ricky Gervais, oh, my God. If, you know, take, taking it out of people. Mel Gibson and, you know, and to their and, face. <laughs> exactly standing beside them he's the king and of uh, yeah. and this never happened but you know what like if if somebody hired me to say john what what are the things you might want to prepare for at a live show like this you know that may be one of the ones i put on the list is that somebody gets really upset and and does something so obviously they didn't prepare that way and and as a result what i think you're seeing is you know they're being critiqued quite heavily now in the days that uh, go past um about their their actions in, in response to something like this, because frankly, in the moment, it was pretty woeful. <laughs> no kidding. There seems to be some ass covering going on from the academy standpoint. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I saw there was a uh, you know the, one of the beautiful things about social media is you get to see behind the scenes of stuff you've never seen before. And so during the commercial break, right after the slap incident, they go to a commercial, and then I don't know if you saw, but there's this feed of someone just taking a. It looked like a cell phone video of just. Will Smith and, you know, I think it was what Bradley Cooper was talking to him and Denzel Washington trying to talk the guy down a little bit. And it looked like someone I'm guessing was like a publicist just trying to like get a, get a handle on the situation. It was kind of uh, kind of chaotic. But now they're coming out saying that they asked him to leave, which um, and now I don't know if you saw there's a story in TMZ. I know that bastion of journalism, TMZ, <laughs> but, but very often they they. You know, say what you will about them. A lot of times their stories are right. true. Yeah. yeah. And they said that uh, someone with firsthand knowledge who was backstage heard that there might have been some people within the, because it's not just one person, right? There might have been some people who said, get him out of here. But apparently Will Smith was told, so this is secondhand information, but the article says he was told by someone, we want you to stay. We want you to stay here, given everything that's taken place. And and so um, it looks like they are trying to cover their own asses from a from a reputational standpoint. And just it's just not like who's this a good look for? Who's this a good look for? It, oh, it detracted yeah. from the event. Like Quest Love, I feel so bad for won that award, and everyone is just like, what the hell? It, it's like PTSD. Everyone is just trying to figure out what just took place. And I think the whole rest of the award show was kind of a blur. Um, Let's talk about the the apology a little bit. Um, do you think? I'm, I'm guessing you saw the written apology that he had up on Instagram um, the the following day. Do you think he had a hand in in writing that? Do you think that was something from a, a PR firm that he begrudgingly agreed to? Uh, do you think it was? Um, do you think it was a miss, or do you think it kind of hit the right tone? What would have been a better apology? I know that's like nine questions to throw at you, but uh, I'd like to break down the actual apology piece and did it work or not. So in the immediate aftermath of this happening, when he won, it was obvious that all he was interested in doing is making himself appear like a victim 
uh, and all his comments were to, to that end and it made him look foolish and self-centered and all those sorts of things. So when you look at the statement he put out on Instagram, he, he, I guess he, he takes on the, uh, the fact that he violently assaulted someone by saying it's not acceptable. Um, but then he, he pairs that in the first paragraph with about how, um, it's really kind of a, a, understandable that I would do this because jokes are being made at my expense or my wife's expense. And again, I get that's just like an ultimate fail. If you're really trying to apologize for something, you apologize for it and don't try and put all kinds of caveats or, or, you know, framing around it. Right. Um, so to answer your question, I think he, he may have had like a hand in like approving it, but this totally feels like the publicist and lawyer yeah. and, and that kind of thing. What, what were your thoughts on it? My thought is the apology <clears throat> was a huge amiss, I think. And you know, we sound like such Monday morning quarterbacks, right? But we, we deal with this stuff on, we deal with this stuff all the time, but we deal with it in stories that a couple hundred people might see a couple thousand people might see, but this was like the biggest venue in the world. Like if you're going to screw up, this is the place to not do it. And I thought his, like, you're just sitting there going, of course he's going to win. Of course, given what's taken place. And then they call his name. You're like, oh my, like he continues and he gets up. That speech was one of the most bizarre. Like it's just two different people. I was texting with a bunch of people as this is going on. And they're just, they just kept using the word. I'm uncomfortable. Like this is making me really uncomfortable. Like I don't know how to feel about what's happening. And the whole baggage and history of Will Smith and who he is and his, his persona as the, you know, the rapper who the clean rapper doesn't swear and like, you know, friendly and jovial guy. And you have this really dark moment in this, in this thing. And so mm. the apology, I thought if he's going to do it, do it in the speech, do it while it's still hot, do it on stage. And I don't, you know, I can't, I, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what's going on in his mind. It seemed to me he was something, my interpretation is there was something that he wanted to say or something that he was struggling, do I say it? Or, and he kind of quashed it a couple times. And I think it might have been that. Like, he might have been trying to bring it up, but his pride or whatever just kept putting it down. And so he didn't mention it. That was the time to do it. When you're on stage, as the guy's cheek is still stinging, as oh, everybody yeah, is sure. still in the room. We talk about the elephant in the room. That's what it was when he got up on stage. And for him to not mention it, and then to try to... Um, to try to say that the reason that I did this is because I'm like the character that I played in the movie, you know, the Williams sister's father, which, you know, strange, like did when we did our last episode last week, did I talk about his book at all? Or was no, that on? So, okay. I, I did a podcast with Molly McPherson and uh, I just posted it, but we talked about a little over a week ago and um, I had just finished his um, Will Smith's book, his autobiography or memoir or whatever audio version. So it's like almost 17 hours long, tremendously long book. And I, my, my, my comments for it were glowing. <laughs> they have not aged particularly well over the past <laughs> week, <clears throat> but it's a very interesting book. But like, I look at the, and of course I don't know Will Smith. He's just this celebrity, but like he got really honest and Frank in this book about elements. Like I remember about 10 points in the book where I cannot believe he put that in the book. So raw. And like, he talks about this moment and he calls it the most defining moment of his life. He's a little kid. I think he's like seven or eight or nine or something. 
And his dad, who had a very complicated relationship with, said one of his favorite people in the world, but also he was scared, terrified of his father. And his father used to, there was domestic abuse. The father used to beat the mother. And he remembers one night in particular where the father punched the mother in the side of the head and she fell on the floor and like she had blood coming out of her head. And he, he froze. He sat there and he didn't, like he knew I should do something, but he was scared and he didn't. And he says in the book that that was the single most defining moment of his life. And he calls himself a coward. Like I was a coward. I am a coward. And everything in his life was trying to fix that situation or to undo that or to, 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 to make it better. And I can't help but think that if this is the most defining moment in your life, and he's on that stage and the joke gets made and we saw the look that his wife gave him. Does he not have almost like a flashback to that moment and say, not again, not again, it's not happening and not excusing it in any way, but like looking at uh, his life, his, his history, you know, bullied as a kid and stuff. And it's, it's just, that was one angle that I thought about that make, cause you're trying to explain what makes this happen. Like this is a guy who has a track record of, self-control, discipline, like Herculean discipline. And this is a moment of complete lack. Like everyone listening to this has someone at some point in their life that they would like to do that to. <laughs> you know, might be a coworker, might be, you know, no matter what the personal circumstances are. And for whatever reason, we don't do it, right? You're thinking of the, remember the marshmallow test that <laughs> the kids in the chair, like you can have uh, one marshmallow now, or you could have two marshmallows later. Well, Will Smith ate the marshmallow and uh, it, it's, it, it's such a mind blowing thing. So I'm, I'm kind of monopolizing the, uh, the, no, 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 the that's, discussion here. I think that's an interesting uh, facet because I didn't realize that. But, but back to your point about the, this apology, I agree with you, like the moment after that happened, that was the time to do it. But the fact that he didn't do that and took that time to actually try and self-excuse himself, like, you know, talked about, like, just like he does in his written apology, talked about, you know, um, uh, being the, them being the victims of, of mean jokes and things yeah, uh, as some sort of excuse. Uh, but then to your point, like when he did go to apologize, I think the fact that he chose a written statement was really poor. Like he should yeah. have had a video, video. of himself doing it. Uh, so, so that was like, you could see his face, you could see him saying the words, but he still chose in the, even in the written one to not really apologize. So big, big fail on that part. Just before we move on though, the Academy, cause I think that's a more interesting point. Yeah. He, you mentioned they're in, they're in a bit of, you know, butt covering mode. I think that's true because I think the fact that things are leaking out, like, Oh, we, we tried to ask him to leave. That's the kind of thing you would, you you definitely like, you know, look out to, to, to show that, Oh, we tried to do the right thing. But when you look at it more closely, what actually happened? Well, someone talked to his publicist and said, you know, he really should leave. He shouldn't stay. And if I, if, if you really, if you really are sending a message and are really serious about the fact that we're not an organization that really condones people walking up in the middle of our events and smacking people, then no, you take a senior person from the organization and you walk over to the guy who did it and you say, excuse me, sir, it's time for you to leave. And I don't care if it's uncomfortable, but you do it. But the fact that he was nominated for Best Actor and like is a you know notable celebrity made it really uncomfortable. And I think at the end of the day, that you as an organization are judged by your actions. And if your actions are you fail to take action when it means it the most, then 
you know, you're, you're obviously not living up to the standards people expect of you. So I think what's probably happening though is now they're 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 doubling and tripling down on trying to to uh, compensate for this. And so what what may end up happening is whatever outcome of this uh, happens, you know, uh, eventually with his position in the academy, it's probably harsher than it would have been otherwise had they just kicked him out that night. Yeah. And the you also look at the stage, like the proximity, like he was so close. There was like living room close. Does that play a role? Like, you know, if he has to like walk 30 seconds, you know, like who was it that wiped out on the stairs there? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, what's her name? Uh, Hunger Games. Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. If he had to like make a trek like that and maybe he has time to like think about it twice, but like they were so close and just the, 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 the that, that was a weird element as well. And yeah. I don't know, just... It's just such, it's such an unpredictable thing. But like, as you said, you have to have, you know, there's, what if uh, one of the waiters had tried that? You know what I mean? They would be, they would have been jumped on and taken out of the building. So it does, it makes it weird that you have this mega movie star in the front row who flips his lid and and does this. And there's a size differential between him and Chris Rock. Chris Rock's not a huge guy. And, and, and Will Smith would trained as a boxer. Like he trained for a full year. For that, and there's another thing in his book for the for that movie Ali. So the guy, uh, you know, it's not like it's not like getting getting hit by the barista at, at, at the coffee shop. Like he knows how to <laughs> he knows how to like take your head off if he wants to. It's just so bizarre. Um, I know it's hard to to predict, but long term down the road, do you think what what impact do you think this is going to have on on his career, his legacy? Like, is this you know, when, when Will Smith passes away someday, you know, hopefully many, many decades down the road, living a full life, is this the first thing that shows up in the, uh, in the, in the article, in the write-up? Probably among the first. Probably means there's a, there's a bit of an asterisk beside his, his Oscar win. I don't like people may not even remember his Oscar win. Like this may be, may supersede that. It brings to mind the Warren Buffett quote about reputations. Do you know do what I'm talking about? I think I do, yeah. It takes 20 years my... to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. Or in this case, like 11 seconds or whatever it took. Yeah, yeah. You got to think he was, he was like, I don't know. what Because at first he, he was laughing. Yeah. The joke is made. <laughs> he kind of laughs. And then the look. So, you know, I don't want I don't want you to play like, kind of uh dr phil here but like it's probably not the best example of a <laughs> psychologist <laughs> but uh what do you think happened like if you had to speculate and i go we're going outside the 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 uh the boundaries of the show a little but like what what makes him do this i don't know it seemed like he was when he saw his wife's reaction to it he went into for whatever whatever else is going on in their lives went into primal must protect her reputation mode, must defend her honor mode. Uh, but you know what? Like there's better ways of doing that. My first thought afterwards was cause I said, then I had read someone had posted something about how she had this <laughs> medical medical condition yeah, uh, that contributed to hair loss. My first thought was, well, if he was, if he was trying to draw as much attention to her medical condition as possible, mission accomplished. Right. Um, you know, if he, like there's other, there are better ways of, of accomplishing what he obviously was trying to do in, this, in assaulting the presenter. But um, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you, to, 
Do you have any insight on on, on that thinking? Not not at all. Uh, you can only just guess. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> another interesting thing that about his book, right? And again, it's I don't know. I'm not saying like I know the guy, but like having read the thing so recently, and it's kind of still fresh in my mind. Um, he he was married before. Like he got married to someone when he was quite young. I think early twenties. And uh, the marriage didn't work out. And he said, did you ever see the movie? What was it called? Six Degrees of Separation. Did you see that movie? That's I think Mark I did Chaney. a long time ago, yeah. It was his first dramatic role. And um, he very well received critical acclaim. But he didn't really understand acting. And so he overprepared, as he describes it, and he got into complete method acting where he became that character. I think the guy's name was Paul. And he became that character for an extended period, like many, many months to the point where he said he forgot how to be himself. Like people, like his wife was talking to him and he would be talking like that character. It's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you talking like that guy? <laughs> and it, he said it contributed to the the failure of his marriage that he became this character. And uh, he said, you know, I'm never going to do that again. I wonder if, because I'm trying to project down the road where people, you know, the, the dust settles a little bit and they try to kind of, um, what do they call it? Rewrite history a little bit or kind mm -hmm. of, you know, cause there's going to be that, that attempt at a resurrection Revisionism, or, yeah. or redemption yeah. or whatever revisionist history. And uh, I wonder if he might say, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was kind of, I was in that role. I was, you know, I wasn't Will Smith. I was the Williams sister's dad still. And like, you know, like, yeah. or, or mental, mm -hmm. mental illness. Not, not, a, not a bad, uh, <laughs> not a bad way to, <laughs> to, to try and do that. And again, no excuses for that. But um, so Academy in a bit of a predicament, Will Smith definitely on the downswing. And it was interesting because before we jumped on today, uh, one of the reasons I bought his book, the, the, the audio book, was because it had hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews, just really frank and raw and, and truthful and everything else. And I went today and it's just one-star reviews. I wish I could get my money back. This book sucked. I can't. And they all refer to the incident. And so it's... Have, like you can see the reputational impact in text. Yeah. How much media coverage do you think has been generated in the past week? Like hundreds of millions. 11 billion stories. <laughs> like it's like it's, it's dominated the, I think everywhere, right? Even Europe, yeah. like it, yeah. it just been, been completely, um, it's been completely dominant, uh, overshadowing the war and everything. The, the you know just before we we stray from that the initial response so like mm -hmm. the the academy has moved into this sort of more process mode right when you're when you're faced with yeah. a crisis sometimes getting into a process helps you manage the crisis so they've started this review and it's very official and it's got like process terms around it and in 15 days or something um they're going to make a make a decision on on his future and as an organization, as much as they haven't, they obviously didn't have much in the way of structure to manage this, the situation immediately. They have now turned to something familiar to them, this process they have internally, but really the process is a binary process. It seems right. Like, like the, uh, out of all the remedies that they could, they could, um, uh, meet out at the end of it. Mm. Ultimately, I think it's, it's going to be judged based on, is he allowed to stay as a member of the organization or is he not allowed to stay as a member of the organization? And I think uh, how the organization's uh, viewed is going to be very much dictated by this choice. And because there is a polarization, despite like not like there is a lot, there are people who, you know, thought Smith acted, you know, within reason. 
um, when you see some of the discussion online or from other celebrities. So there's going to be this this sort of cleavage still in 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 that community, and so it's right. going to be really interesting to see how this organization manages that because they've really only just um, kicked the can down the road a little bit here, and they still have have a reckoning coming of how are they going to treat this? What kind of what kind of message are they going to send for people who act in this way? Not that I can imagine many other people are going to commit Meryl assault Street's in the middle of a live show, but. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that'll be interesting. And then I think also as an organization, like this, this speaks to like the character of people and, and the, the thing they work for that night mm. or the day after, actually, I remember reading like one of these narrative accounts of what was happening behind the scenes. And, and one of the producers of the show had said, like it was asked the question, well, gee, you know, did you ever consider, you know, stopping the show or, you know, dealing with this? And they're like, no, 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 show, basically that'll, you know. The show must go on. show must go on. Uh, so in their mind, like even even the <clears throat> the, the product, the, the, the business product of this three-hour evening was uh, more important than, you know, this assault that happened on their stage and 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 the way then that, other actors will look at this organization going forward. So it just shows a complete mismatch of priorities. And I think this is going to be really, really interesting to see how this organization deals with it. Cause I, frankly, they are dealing with the problem already is that every year, the story after the Oscars is, yeah. you know, lowest ratings ever, lowest ratings yeah. ever, lowest ratings ever. Like they're, they're becoming more, less and less relevant. Yeah. And this isn't certainly going to help them. And they had to, uh... The, not a rating spike, but the attention spike a couple of years ago when they picked the wrong movie, they announced oh, the wrong yeah. movie as the winner yeah. at the end, like La La Land or whatever. And uh, and now this, like this is not the kind of publicity that you want. Unless like, is, it's some some brilliant strategy to just <laughs> have some sort of disaster every show, every year, and everyone tunes in to just <laughs> find out what's going to go like wrong a flat this year. Earther now. <laughs> Conspiracy corner. That's what we should call it. Um, it would... I actually thought at the beginning, I thought like you look at Chris Rock's body language as Will Smith was going up. I thought, I think he thought it was going to be like a bit. I think so too. I didn't. And I think when he got smacked in the head, I, like, and so I want to talk about that a little bit too, because the, the reputation I'm most interested about, I think in all of this, because Will Smith, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Like he did not do himself any favors. And I saw a, a really great tweet about it. They said, imagine that you had your best moment of your career and the worst day of your career, the, the, the best moment of your life and the worst moment of your career on the same day. In the same, within the same, in the same hour. Half hour. The yeah. same hour. Now, <clears throat> Chris Rock, um, the way he handled that. So professional. Consummate professional. Un, like, unbel- like there are so many ways that could have, they could have been in a fight rolling around on the stage. He could have like gone down the stairs and like, hey, yeah. bleeper, I'm going to, and so, um, and I found, I've watched the clip a bunch of times. There's a real, I'd love to get your, 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 your thoughts on this. There was a little element. If you've, if you've seen it, he, he smacks him in the face and Chris was like, wow, says, wow, twice, dude, it was just a GI Jane joke. And anybody, you know, let's keep your wife blah, blah, yells at him. And then Chris rocks like, oh man, I, I, I could. And then he stops. I could what? What was he going to say? I'd, I'd love to know. And his mind, the mind of a comedian is is going 10 times faster than the mind of a normal person. He's used to being on stage. Thousands of shows, hecklers, 
right? Dealing with like, he's mm-hmm. so finely attuned to this kind of thing. I'd love to know what he stopped himself from saying. I could what? Is there yeah, a story he was going to tell? Was there something like 10 levels of more jokes he could go to? Some anecdote, I could sue you, call, call the cop, like whatever. But it's just, and he stopped himself and gathered himself and went on with the show. And I don't know if these guys have like little earpieces in, because he wasn't the host. He was a presenter mm-hmm. of, of an award and a former host. But um, the way that he, and you could see that he was kind of rattled. Like he met, you know, we're here to announce the documentary and he kind of, he gathered himself. And then as <laughs> Questlove and his team are on the stage, I shouldn't laugh, but like they're on the stage accepting the award and Chris Rock, you can see him just in the corner. He's just like looking at like, what the F is going on? <laughs> and his handling of that was, I think of, um, you've seen Reservoir Dogs? You've yeah. seen that movie, obviously. Yeah. Mr. Pink. Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. and they have that hit him and Harvey Keitel are like, you'd be a professional. You just, you know, you be a professional. And to me, that was exceptionally tested and just really, really came through. So ultimately, and I'm talking post slap, like I'm not talking pre like the joke. Did he know who knows? I have no idea. In retrospect, it was probably not, uh, not a cool thing for him to say, but as you mentioned, Ricky Gervais does 50 times worse to people's faces. Um, but maybe not about medical conditions. So I have no idea if he knew, but I'm just talking post slap. That was real grace under fire. And uh, apparently his uh, comedy tour has sold out now. The ticket prices have skyrocketed. So the trajectory of their careers, I think are going in slightly different directions because of the way they handled that whole situation. Yeah, I completely agree. It's well put. And Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin came out with a, with a, with a hot take. And I'm thinking, dude, you shot somebody like you, <laughs> it was a prop gun, like, but you shot somebody, maybe, maybe so pump the brakes and sit this one yeah. out. Yeah. Sit this one out, man. Like he can't, and you talk about this, this, what do you call it? Impulse control. Like they just, he can't help it. He, someone should take his phone away whenever there's a situation like this. <laughs> Hilarious. I should hide well, it in a drawer or something. That's often the problem when there's no one to say no, then people get into trouble. No, I think, I think, you know, that, it, it'd just be interesting to watch this now going forward, how the Academy uh, covers it and, and, and the sort of the, the rest of the, the rubble, the way it bounces as, uh, as this, as this continues, it'll be interesting to watch and I'm sure we'll cover it in a, in a future episode. Is Will Smith at the Oscars next year? I can't is see he that. in the crowd. I don't see it. I think he is. You think so? Uh, you know, I'm rethinking in real time. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I, I think know. he's, I think he's probably not invited. Uh, how about Chris Rock? Oh, he may not, not want to be there either, but he, he, I think he, he'll increasingly get, um, some choice opportunities. I bet as a result of his, his strong handling, there's going to be two dudes with tasers on each side of the stage, just <laughs> waiting in case something goes awry. Oh. Well, that's, um, what, that's like, a, you know, to, as an employer, does the academy have to, you know, start putting security guards or barriers in, yeah. between, in between the guests and the and the stage? Because the fear is always with an event like that, you get a, a you know, a quote unquote crazy person from the public goes and attacks Brad Pitt yeah. or something. You never think that Will Smith's going to attack Chris. The Ron. call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> uh, do you know the original reference for that quote? No. Um, it's, it's like a, a horror movie, movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's called uh, When a Stranger Calls. Okay. But that, it was, anyway. Um, 
if anyone wants to read a really great breakdown of this, because there are a whole bunch of issues we didn't even touch and probably shouldn't. There's, you know, black culture, marital stuff, open marriages, all these different elements. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has a really great piece on Substack. Very, very articulate guy. He breaks down a lot of really great, um, a lot, he has a really great take on a lot of different things that take place in society. And you, you never expect this from, you know, a basketball guy, but like really, really great. So, to me, <clears throat> he has the best thing that I've read about this. Uh, we wanted to, and again, we, we talked about do we do it, do we not? We want to chat about it from a reputational standpoint. And I think your, your, your comments right now, like the most interesting piece about this, I think, is with the Academy. Because the other stuff has kind of played out and that will, it will be what it is. And you have millionaires hitting other millionaires. I'm sure they'll be okay. What does the award show look like next year? Does the Academy get sued? Does Chris Rock sue the Academy? Because for putting him in that situation, I have no idea. Um, I found it interesting that he didn't press charges as well. Because, you know, I think that brings the whole thing to, to mm-hmm. another level too. But I don't know. Have we exhausted this? I think we've, uh, this is this is a good point to to pause the, the the discussion. And I think it will be something like we'll pick up and, well, he said the timer's gone. This is 15 days. So within the next two weeks, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this bounces. Yeah, they're 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 review. We're doing a review. Like every a billion people saw it. Like, what are you? What are you have little interviews with everybody? Bring them into a little CSI, little interrogation room. It was pretty. It was pretty cut and dry. Anyway, um, but this impacts any awards show. It's going to impact everything. conferences. Like, and, you know, if yeah. you're if you're putting on a conference of dentists in Eastern Canada, now you have another thing to think about. What if? Larry the dentist flips his wig, <laughs> storms the stage. stage. And uh, another comment, just before we close it up, is uh, and this I didn't even think of this at the time, but uh, I think it was actually Kathy Griffin, the comedian who tweeted this. I think it was her. She said that this incident has now made it okay if you're watching a comedian in some dive bar somewhere and you don't like what they're saying. This has opened the door for you to go up on stage oh, and for punch sure. him in the head. Yeah. That, like, how long till we see one of those? And, you know, knock on wood, hope it doesn't happen, but you you, you know, you know that's going to happen. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. I hope it doesn't yeah, happen, man. but I think you're right. Anything else you want to mention? Any off-topic stuff? Anything else um, reputation-wise? I know uh, we've both been pretty busy and uh, with this week, so I didn't. we didn't have any other topics slated, but anything else you want to mention before we close it out? Not this week. We'll come back next week with a big, usual, full slate of things to go at, and I think it's a good a good opportunity next week to check in on uh, the, um, the public relations war in Europe. There we go. All right. For uh, for now, it's uh, Warren Weeks, John Paranak, getting jiggy with it. We'll see you all next week. And thanks again for listening. Thanks for stopping by. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, or recommend the show. See you next time.